Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're discussing two films from critically acclaimed crime director Sriram Raghavan. First up, Neil Natin Makesh's attempts to take the money and run go horribly awry in 2007's Johnny Godar. Then Saifa Ali Khan tries to stop a nuclear blast while falling for Karina Kapoor, who wouldn't, in 2012's Agent Vinod. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Matt, guess what? Guess what? We're sleepy. No. Well, well yeah. Do you want to explain why we're sleepy? Uh, yeah. Sure. You go. Uh, we uh, just did our second um, university lecture. Yeah. For University of New Brunswick, which, uh, for those of you who don't know Canadian geography, assuming that's a lot of you, <laughs> that is three time zones ahead of ours. So we had to get up at six in the morning to talk for seven in the morning, and it was ten o'clock in the morning there. Yeah, yeah. We we gave a hour and twenty minute lecture on the history of Indian cinema and Bollywood. And I I worked in the phrased yoked dudes hitting each other. <laughs> I also quite liked. Um, Nepotistic family dynasties. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Nepotist, a... Nepotistic filmy fantasy, fam, family dynasties. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be loose today, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if any of the students who uh, attended that lecture are listening to uh, the show now, uh, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. You get three free Biffle points each. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I love doing that lecture. That's a thing now. Uh, though it's a bit of a marathon of getting through, again, like a hundred plus years. Of not just Bollywood film history, but we try and cover all of Indian film history in about an hour. Yeah, we like touch <laughs> on parallel cinema and then... Regional cinema. Regional cinema. Silent so, cinema. Yeah, yeah, like we don't really go into it as deeply as we do on the Hindi stuff, but uh, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, so... And guess what other thing happened? What? You danced. Oh, my God. Why are you bringing this up? Because I think it's important. Okay. You had a dance recital where you did uh, Indian dancing. Yes. Um, I, With a former guest on of the podcast. Yes. As, a, as some listeners know, I dance with uh, Srina Patel, uh, who is the, the founder and director of Shakti Flow, which is um, more than just kind of a, 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 a dance company i guess here in edmonton um she teaches dance and yoga um but it's also all about female empowerment mm-hmm. uh and trina's trina's absolutely the best i adore her so much yeah it was a big party there was probably 100 people there including a sitting mp in the canadian parliament who did have to leave but yes. he was present yes. Amarjeet sohi yes and uh i got to meet him i i'm uh quite I, I I have a lot of respect for Amarjeet Sohi, uh, who, if you know, if listeners are not aware of who he is, he's a uh, a sitting MP uh, who is a former Edmonton bus driver, but he was also um, wrongfully imprisoned in Punjab for about a year um, on suspicions over a year actually on suspicions of a uh, terrorism, uh, and and he's survived that and, and and gone on to be to really give back to to his community and and try and uh, improve the lives of Edmontonians and Albertans and, and Canadians so I was kind of starstruck to meet him because I wasn't expecting it and I was all uh, dressed up in a garba outfit 
uh, that one of the girls I dance with lent me. Uh, so yeah, if you want to see what I uh, look like in, uh, in Indian clothing, you can go over to my Instagram. But it was a, it was very, very nerve-wracking. But Shrina put on such an amazing event. And, uh, you know, and, and Shakti Flow is such a wonderful community that I'm so privileged to be a part of. Well, you did a good job. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I've been dancing with Sharina for about three years now. Uh, and yeah, I performed a, a Garba number. So that was that it was seemed, really fun. It seemed very athletic. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up, Matt. Yeah. Embarrassing me. Hey, the fans have to know. <laughs> sure. Sure. All the uh, Biffle heads out there. <laughs> yeah. Any, anything else you want to get out of the way at the top of the episode? Uh, we're going to be using Biffle points from now on. <laughs> That's a thing? Yeah, it's happening. Okay. Uh, are they like blank checks comedy points? A little bit, yeah. Okay, fair enough. But they're redeemable for prizes. Oh, okay. Well, what prizes are we giving out? We'll have to wait till someone tries to redeem them. <laughs> okay, so right now there's a few students in New Brunswick who have three biffle points each? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and if they get back if to us, listening. we'll figure something out. So. All yeah. right, wonderful. Maybe if we ever make merch, uh, you can redeem your biffle points for merch. Yeah. Uh, and maybe we'll start giving out biffle points for people who've left us reviews. We have no reviews this episode. Yeah, it's almost like you people don't want biffle points. You know what, though? I'm going to retroactively give anyone who left us a review 10 biffle points. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Let us know, and you know we'll figure out how to redeem the biffle points. But it'll happen. Um, so this is going to be kind of a shorter episode because, true to we say that November form, uh, we had tr- trouble getting a hold of movies. But guess what, Matt? This is what I was so excited to start at the show with before you derailed things with our uh, recent extracurricular activities. Yes, uh, we finally saw Johnny Goddard. Yeah, we did it. It only took a year from. L- you know, the last time we tried. But yes. it's available on Hotstar. Yes. A year ago, uh, we were hitting our heads against the wall because we were trying to do an episode and all of the films uh, we were just finding problems with. Mostly subtitling problems. Uh, this year, not all the films came through. There is a good reason, though. But enough came through that we have an episode. Yeah. So we're, that's good. We're waiting on Ekhasinathi. Yes. But... That's because of a postage strike here in Canada, and we're both pro, you know, Canada Post. Yes. Um, so, Radvan's first film, Akhasinathi, we really wanted to watch for this episode because we like to discuss three-ish films an episode. And we have talked about some of his other movies, and we have no way of watching uh, his newest one. Exactly. We've already discussed Budlapur, and we have no way of watching Antadune. Uh, I believe it is still in theaters in some places, but it never came to theaters here. Uh, we hear it's excellent. Yeah, people are saying it's like the best movie of the year, and we have no yeah. way of knowing. Uh, so we did order a copy of Akhesinathi, um, like an actual physical copy that is currently in the mail. I'm that the seller it told us were the <laughs> subtitles, so we'll we'll see about yes. that. Yes. So we were hoping it would arrive in time. Uh, however, because there... And it would have arrived in time if there wasn't for a postal strike in Canada. Uh, so while it's unfortunate that the film didn't arrive for us to watch it for this episode, uh, it is not... You know, it our podcast is not more important than the the postal workers striking for workers' rights. Yeah. Uh, and so I just I just really want to put that out there that... Uh, you know, we support the Canadian Postal Union and don't think they should be legislated back to work. Yeah, even though the Liberal government 
of which Amarjeet so he is a part of, yeah. is forcing them back to work. Yes. But, uh, yeah, that's off topic. So that's a bit of Canadian politics for, for all of you. Uh, yeah, and unfortunately anything, it's been a rolling strike, so they haven't been on strike the, the whole time. The, the mail hasn't stopped. Yeah, it switches. It's like kind of a delay in each city. Each yeah. city will be on strike, and then the next day another city will be on strike. Yeah. And it, I think that's the most conscientious way to do it. But because of the density in southern Ontario, anything coming from southern Ontario or that has to go through southern Ontario uh, has been delayed. Yeah. So it is what it is. Uh, Hopefully, this time next year, we'll be discussing a casino (laughs) (laughs) Part of an ongoing series of trying to watch Sri Ram Raghavan films in November. Yeah, hopefully this disc uh, has subtitles. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, I think that gets all of our uh, our preamble out of the way. All of our apologies are done. Yes. Uh, so the man of the hour is Sri Ram Raghavan. He won the National Film Award in 1987 for The Eight Column Affair, which was his diploma film uh, for the Film and Television Institute of India. It was edited by Rajkumar Harani. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess they were... Uh, contemporaries in school nice. uh, after graduating from the film and television institute of india he went on to make a documentary raman ragav a city a killer and this is the film that inspired cash yap to make raman ragav 2.0 so that's why it's 2.0 yes well and not 2.0 the film currently in theaters raman ragav 2.0 yeah, yeah um that film is raman ragav 2.0 apparently because there was already this raman ragav and also because Kashyap, it's in the modern day, yeah, yeah, Kashyap couldn't after the failure of Bombay Velvet, he couldn't get the funding uh, to make a period piece, and I think also maybe was kind of not interested in making a period piece anymore. So he adapted his idea of a Raman Raga film to make Raman Raga 2.0, uh, which we've discussed Raman Raga 2.0 on the show, haven't we? I don't know. It ruled. It does rule. We've certainly discussed it in one of our year-end wrap-up episodes. We have to look. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's a wonderful movie. I mean, it's a real it's a real good one for the holidays to watch with the whole family, right? Yeah. I couldn't find, <laughs> no. I couldn't find uh this documentary to watch, but I would really like to see it. I get the impression that it's not easy to track down. Yeah. Uh he then wrote for a lot of popular TV shows, a lot of soaps before going on to make Ek Hasina Thi, There Was a Beautiful Woman. Uh, which was his uh, narrative debut. It came out in 2004 and stars Saif Ali Khan and Urmila Matankar. Uh, it's a neo-noir that borrows elements from Sidney Sheldon's If Tomorrow Comes. So he, yeah, he does like his noir, huh? He does, yes. And he's very, I mean, as we'll get to, he's very knowledgeable about um, crime film history and crime writers. Yeah. And is is... Borrow, I was always borrowing from them and always referencing them. We haven't seen Anta Dune, uh, but from what I can tell, it seems to share some DNA with Truffaut's Shoot the Piano Player. Which itself was based on a crime novel. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. so he followed up Ek Hasina Thi with Johnny Goddard in 2007 and then Agent Binod in 2012. Those are the films we're going to be discussing in this episode. Uh, but we also want to mention that most recently he directed Bud Lapour in 2015. We love Bud Lapour. We have an episode on it where we, well, we have an episode on Vernon Duan. Yeah. Who stars in Bud Lapour in which we discuss the film. 
Uh, but quickly, Matt, what do you do? You want to say anything more about Bud Lapore? Well, I'll say it was a film with so many twists that you actually forgot that you'd seen it before <laughs> until you did one of the most amazing call shots in history and said, okay, so in the next scene, he's going to put plastic all over the room and murder that girl with a hammer. And I was like, what? How do you know that? And then at that point, you're like, I've seen this movie. And it took you an hour to realize that you'd seen it. Yeah, and that's not because the film is not memorable, but just because I sometimes watch... You watch a lot of movies. A lot of movies that... And and your mind... You know, as I get older, (laughs) as I approach my 32nd birthday... Uh, I realized that my mind is starting to become less of a steel trap and more of a sieve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, as I watch more and more movies annually, I watch about 700. Um, I, I, I'm not making up that number. <laughs> I know it sounds outrageous. Uh, oh, I'm aware. Yeah, I hear that number all the time. <laughs> I, I know. Um, You're like, oh, I forgot your birthday because I watch 700 movies a year. But you do. Oh, I forgot what, you know, I forgot when Easter is. 700 <laughs> movies a year. You do kind of start to forget certain things. And so, I, yeah, I had forgotten I'd seen Bud Lepore until uh, we were watching Bud it. Bud was, yeah, really good revenge <laughs> film. Uh, probably Varun Dewan's best performance, mm-hmm. I'd say. Uh, great stuff from Nawazuddin Siddiqui. Uh, and I, Huma Qureshi. Huma Qureshi, yeah. very, very good. I also like the angrily dancing <laughs> in a factory. Yeah. Um, that's always fun. And any any song at the end of a movie that recaps all the stuff that happened, very fun. I yeah. always like that. It's, uh, it's really, really tightly shot, tightly written. If you haven't seen it, uh, it's, a, it's a good gateway drug for um, Bollywood neo-noir, for Raghavan, for Dewan. Uh, I think I think it's a movie um, that, like, especially crime fans mm-hmm. should should check out. It's real. It's a really good revenge thriller. I love it. Yeah. Um, check out that other review though. There'll be a link. Yeah. If you haven't, if you haven't listened yeah, to that to episode, that episode where yeah. it is much fresher in our mind, <laughs> and I think we recap the story of me forgetting. It we were it. younger then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, as previously mentioned. Uh, his latest film, Andadun, is currently in theaters some places. Not here. Featuring the guy we talked about at length last episode, Ayushman uh, Karana. Yeah, Ayushman Karana, Tabu, and Radhika Apte. Um, All people we like. May- maybe it's the best film of the year. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, Padmavati's still up there for me. Which one? Padmavati. Oh, Padmavati. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I really like Razi, too. Razi was good. Um, but we haven't seen Man Marzion yet. Yeah. And we haven't seen Bad Hi Ho. And we I, haven't seen Babesh Josie Superior. I would also uh, say Mukabaz. Yeah. Very, Mukabaz. very good. Very good, yeah. Yeah. Um, so both Budlapur and Andadun uh, have been critically acclaimed. In fact, most of Ragan's films have, with the exception of Asian Badoed, which we'll get to. <laughs> which is bullshit, because that movie rules. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, do you have anything to say about. Ragvan, before we get into Johnny Gadar? I've liked every single one of his movies, and I anticipate that I'll like all the other ones I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say we'll get into this probably when talking, but it feels like that he's got a real sense of world cinema, um, including Especially Hollywood. European. And European crime films, like yeah. your 70s crime, your French New Wave messing around with crime, that kind of stuff. He seems to mm-hmm. have really... 
uh, cottoned onto that and then also, you know, fuses it into the Hindi cinema sphere. So, um, yeah. Uh, He's really a director after, like, our hearts. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like if if Kashyap is like a, like a Scorsese type, mm. um, uh, Raghavan is maybe not a Tarantino, although Johnny Goddard kind of does have that 70s throwback like a like a Jackie Brown or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely one of those guys who's able to remix stuff. Maybe a Tarantino. Yeah, I'm I'm comfortable saying Fair that. Enough. Yeah, I like him better than Tarantino though. Uh, he doesn't seem quite as indulgent. No, and it doesn't seem like his personality outside of the movies seeps into them quite as much. Mm-hmm. But you know, we're not really paying attention to Bollywood gossip. But he doesn't seem to his. I watch coffee with Karan. Well, I know you do, but like it doesn't seem like stories about him have really uh, leached into you know popular culture yeah. the same way that Quentin Tarantino, who did get married yesterday, apparently. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he just got married to an Israeli model. Um, right. It was this really small affair, uh, but yeah, how like, are her feet? <laughs> I'm sure that they are spectacular. Okay. Uh, <laughs> look that one up if you don't know. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, he, I just really like the way he's able to approach pulpy material and make good movies out of it. Because a lot of people, they, you know, they try to make pulp and it turns into over the top. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, Robert Rodriguez, maybe. Yeah. He's never uh, met a story that, like, he couldn't just blow away out of proportion. Mm -hmm. And Raghavan is much more constrained than that. Yeah. I've only seen the three films so far. Restrained, not constrained. I've only seen these three films so far, but I wouldn't hesitate to say he's he's a pulpal auteur. Yeah, um, and that that excites me. Um, just maybe like a John McTiernan type. <laughs> maybe, um, but he's kind of um, expressly. Hmm. He's he's giving pulp the respect it deserves, but he's not like worshiping it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so that that really excites me because it's completely in line with my own film taste like just yeah. with kind of you know some of my um little obsession do you know who it kind of reminds me of uh point blank era john borman yes wow how did i know <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's amazing yeah i feel like there's a bit of borman in him yeah maybe yeah. not your excaliburs uh, no. but uh point blank is but definitely point blank yeah 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 all right so Johnny Goddard came out in 2007. It stars Neil Natinmakesh. This was his debut. Pretty good movie to debut on. Like, yeah. It is almost entirely focused on him and for a lesser extent, Darmendra. Like, he's, he's the main guy. And to be your first movie, that's a lot to ask. Yeah, but he's also debuting in something that's not overly heroic. So no. he kind of, uh, ani- like, almost in the way that Ayushman Karana debuted in Vicky Donor, which, mm-hmm. you know, is again, like... Uh, a, a role, an off-the-beaten-path role, this feels somewhat similar. Yeah, he's definitely an anti-hero in this yeah, movie. Yeah, uh, So it also stars Rimi Sen, Darmendra, Zakir Hussain, Vinay Pathak, Ashwini Kalsakar, and Dayanan Shetty. Uh, it is dedicated to director Vijay Anand and writer James Hadley Chase, uh, who is a British mystery thriller novelist who wrote like 90 novels and 30 or 50 of them have been made into movies. Yeah, so fun fact, I went to the mystery bookstore, which is about two blocks away from our house yesterday for work. Um, 
For those of you who don't know, I run a small publishing company, and we have a book coming out uh, next year that is a noir set at a circus. Mm. So I was taking an advanced copy of the book to uh, uh, the owner of the uh, store. And uh, yeah, we, we talked about James Hadley Chase a little bit. Uh, we also, I, I talked up uh, Sacred Games to her. Mm. She had really liked uh, Babylon Berlin and was looking for something uh, to watch next. And I said, well, you should check out Sacred Games. I yeah. think it's up your alley. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, but James Hadley Chase, well, well respected. And mm-hmm. definitely kind of in that, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, guys who would just pump out tons and tons of books. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Vijay Anand... Uh, is known for films like Guide and Johnny Maranam, uh, both of which star his brother, Devanon. And Johnny Maranam is definitely really referenced a lot in this. Yes, Johnny Maranam uh, is the inspiration for the name Johnny, and it is playing on a uh, TV uh, in a scene in a hotel lobby where uh, Neil Nassimakesh's character comes up with the uh, pseudonym Johnny. Yeah, so here's here's a bit of a conversation I got into with former guest Paul Matwichuk. Okay. Um, the name Johnny Gadar to Western film fans would point you more towards the movie Johnny Guitar, right. which is a kind of noir Western. And Starring Joan Crawford. Yeah, to the best of my knowledge, this really doesn't have much to do with it, but you've no. got to think a guy like uh, Raghavan would know the title at least. I think it's a coincidence. Uh, yeah. Gadar means traitor. Yeah. Um, the name Johnny is clearly coming from Johnny Maranam. Yeah, I think it's just a coincidence. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if But it is interesting it. that you both had the same thought independently. <laughs> yeah. We were just yeah. talking about it on, on uh, Twitter. And, you know, uh, I would very much like to see a Bollywood adaptation of Johnny Guitar. Because <laughs> sure. that is a very strange Western. Yeah. And I think I would definitely put Vidya Balan in uh, the Joan Crawford role in Johnny Guitar. Okay. I think that would be a sweet movie. Okay. Cool. You, you know, uh, producers, you know where to find you me. You call Karen Johar. You got a you got a great pitch for him. Yeah, I'll get him on the hotline. Uh, it's this like bright orange phone that we have in the uh, in the studio here. Okay, so the film Johnny Godar also references Amitabh Bachchan in Parwana from 1971 quite a bit. One of the things that I find interesting about Johnny Godar is it's very clear that Raghavan is. Um, using a lot of references to uh, older Bollywood films and to older crime narratives. He makes them really accessible to those that are not already familiar with them. So I believe there's a character at some one point reading a James Hadley Chase novel. Um, again, there's references to Vijay Anand throughout and these references to Amitabh Bachchan in Parwana. Which we actually see scenes from. Yeah. And then we see Neil Nittimakesh's character named Vikram. We see Vikram watching the movie... And seeing how um, Bachchan establishes a um, alibi for himself by flying mm-hmm. to Goa when he's actually going to do something bad, mm-hmm. and then later on, one of the characters says, "What you think I hadn't seen Parwana? That sh- that movie's on TV all the time. I yeah. know exactly what you're up to." So, like, I think that's a way that this movie is designed for export. It's a way to get people outside of uh, Hindi cinema to understand the exact things that are being referenced. Yeah, I don't know if it's a conscious choice that he is trying to appeal to um, non-Indian audiences or audiences who would be unfamiliar with these references, but it's just, I I noticed that, um, that they weren't, it, it's not that they're really obvious or spelled out, they just feel very 
organic and very clear and concise, like I said. He's, and it's he's also, really kind of making his references and his homages known. Well, this is the Tarantino thing, though, where right. it's the characters themselves who would know about that. Yes. Who would have yes. seen that movie and be able to yeah. understand what each other are doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... It was nominated for three Filmfare Awards, including Best Male Debut and Best Screenplay. Mukesh lost Best Male Debut to Ranbir Kapoor for Sawaria. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I would say that's the right guy, but maybe not the right movie. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, like, I like Mukesh better in this movie than I like uh, uh, Kapoor in Sawaria. I'm not a huge fan of Sawaria, but I like Ranbir Kapoor's performance on it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That, that was on our mystical missing episode. You'll never hear us actually talk about Sawaria, sorry. <laughs> we'll only just reference it. Yeah. Uh, it did win Best Sound Design. Hmm. Uh, it is critically acclaimed, went on to be a sleeper hit, and has been remade in Malayalam, Telugu, and Tamil. Yeah, one of those is like really recently. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, what's the plot? Oh, boy. Okay, so Neil Nitimakesh Neil and a bunch of guys, including Dharmendra, there's five of them in this gang. Mm-hmm. And they, so this is one of the things we weren't entirely sure about, but I'm pretty sure that a crooked cop that they know lets them know that they have a line on some heroin mm-hmm. that they got from a drug bust. Because um, the cop calls Dharmendra and says, we have some really fine French furniture for you here. Mm-hmm. If you bring two and a half crore, we you can buy it and then you could sell it for five crore. Mm-hmm. And um, the various uh, gangsters in this gang uh, kind of dip into their savings, mortgage their houses, uh, mortgage their wife's businesses, um, and just try and scrape together as much cash as they can for the guaranteed five crore when they sell it all. They'll double their money, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of a gambling subplot in here too because one of the guys runs a casino and... Um, while beating up people who he thinks are cheating, he makes them play a really weird card game um, where you have to pick two cards and then your third card has to fall within the two, otherwise you get beat up. It it seems more like a means of beating people rather than an actual game. But uh, Mikesh, smart boy that he is, playing Vikram. Smart. You know, it it's a good plan. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's one that he saw in a movie. I mean, he's the lead in a noir. <laughs> you know, he's got big dreams, but, yeah. uh, you know, he's he got big ambition, but not the best follow through. Mm-hmm. What his plan is, is to uh, follow the member of his gang, Shiva, who is taking the money to go buy the heroin. Again, we're guessing it's heroin. It's some it's sort of drugs. French furniture is code for drugs. Yeah. We think, yeah. We're thinking heroin because of the French connection. I, I don't think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, but he's going to follow his own gang member and gas him, steal the money, and then he turns his... Uh, chloroform. And there's yeah. a hilarious scene where he practices chloroforming himself. Yeah. At first, we think he's going to chloroform his cat, yeah. <laughs> but then he chloroforms himself. Yeah, but his his plan is to take the 500,000 rupees that he's donating to the cause and turn it into two and a half crore himself. Yeah. And, you know, none would be the wiser. Uh, but since this is a noir picture, everything goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And we are witness to him scrambling over trying to figure out uh, how to stay ahead of his, his buddies. If you like people pretending to not know something that they know that, and they're not entirely sure that the other person doesn't know, 
you're going to like this movie. Yeah, and it opens with uh, with someone getting shot, mm-hmm. and then everything is shown With in... a distinctive jacket. We yeah. know that someone wearing that jacket's going to die. And then everything is shown in, in flashback, which I think is really fun for the audience because it becomes... Uh, it becomes a project of just kind of figuring out how you get to that point and, yeah. and who was going to get shot. It's a classic noir thing. Um, yeah, where everything is told in flashback. Think about Double Indemnity, for instance. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. There's no voiceover, though. No, no. Uh, I loved this movie. <laughs> this movie was fantastic. I I kind of wasn't entirely sure about it when we were um, in the setup of things, just kind of them organizing this drug deal and Vikram going off to steal the money. But then uh, after after that point, when it started to become about the dynamics between the remaining gang members, uh, I started to get really, really invested in it uh, and found it just really, really compelling. And it's it's so horrifically violent in places. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it does take a little bit of time to introduce you to each of the gang members, and yeah. you're not entirely clear how they all know each other and how it all works. So the setup is a little bit difficult. But I'll say that the opening titles of this movie, awesome. Yeah. Because it's a complete retro throwback grindhouse trailer, essentially. So, so pulpy. Raghavan, yeah, he he likes pulp. So and he's good at opening. He's opening good at opening credits too. He is very good at opening credits. Yes, the opening credits for each of a note are also wonderful. <laughs> there is also a psychotic cop who knows Darmendra, mm-hmm. who they bring in to try and figure out what happened to the money. Um, since this is a noir, there are a couple uh, kind of loose ends, including mm-hmm. for those of you who've seen the movie. Okay, what goes on with the nurse afterwards? She knows more than the average person about what's going on, mm-hmm. and she kind of just disappears. Yeah. Um, I thought that that was my, maybe going to get resolved, but you know what? Life doesn't get resolved. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, speaking of kind of the roles for women, there are a couple of good roles for women. So one of the gang members' wives is engaging in an affair with uh, Vikram, and that's one of the reasons why he's trying to get this money so they can run off together. They want to go to... Canada, <laughs> yeah, where they that, where that. he says that it snows for four months out of the year, and I got to tell you, buddy, depending <laughs> on where you are, it's more like six, specifically where we live. So he, hopefully, he wasn't trying to immigrate to here. I understand that uh, you know, for people on the other side of the world, it Canada seems romantic, must right? Seem romantic and exotic. Like you got this snow. <laughs> Let me tell you, folks, it sucks. But as a Canadian, it's it's hard to. It's hard to, I don't know, think of our... I guess there's a certain romance to Canada that I wouldn't disagree with, but it, it's hard to uh, to really think of our country as a as a destination that you want to escape to. Like, yeah, go to like, Barbados or something. Yeah, usually when people yeah. want to like... Go to Turks and Caicos. Go and start a new life. They want to go to Cuba yeah. or, or somewhere. Like somewhere where they can really be off the grid. Yeah. Not Canada where, you know, it's going to snow for four months out of the year. It snows for far more than four months out of the year. Yeah. The thing that they don't... The touch... sky garbage never goes away. It, yeah. Has it ever snowed in August? It has, yeah. yeah I remember it, it happening. It has snowed every single but, month. To be fair, we live in like one of the most northern cities in Canada. Yeah. Uh, the thing that no one ever tells you is that the lack of sunlight, that's what drives you crazy. If you've ever seen the movie 30 Days of Night, we're not that far off here, up here in Edmonton. And yes, not being able to see the sun for a long time, that messes with your mind. Yeah, that's the thing that will drive you crazy. Uh, but moving back to the film, 
Uh, there's also uh, another wife to one of the gang members uh, who, you know, as the film goes on, she becomes integral to, to the plot. So She's I, more and more unhinged. Yes, yes. And, uh, I mean, everything in this movie becomes more and more unhinged as it goes along. And that's part of what really drew me into it. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of, you know, these... There'd be these mundane scenarios and then just, you know, like just these conversations. And this movie is, is, is great with, uh, with dialogue, just the conversations between, between all these gangsters. And seeing and Vikram then, just kind of scramble to figure out how he's going to get out of the next situation, extremely satisfying. Extremely satisfying. And it, it's always like a shoot, like something, like, like the shoe drops and then snap and, and the violence has to erupt. So what happened to Neil Nitin Mikesh? Because he's great in this movie. I think so. He's he's a guy who is literally in over his head. He thinks yeah. he's smarter than he is. And, you know, it's fun to see him squirm. How come he's not... He could even be like a Nawazuddin Siddiqui type, just showing up in movies. He was pretty good in New York. Yeah. He, like, is the main guy. Yeah. And he was okay in Prem Ratan Dan Pio, but I haven't really seen him in anything else. He also thought he was going to be in Game of Thrones. I remember that coming up. He thought he would be... Uh, one of the um, one of the Tyrells, yeah. Like he was pitching himself as, oh yeah, I'll I'll do this. Like, oh okay, sure, <laughs> of course you will. I really like this film, but I I didn't think I didn't see a lot of star power in Mukesh personally. Mm. Um, I think he's he's a dope think, in a in a film noir though. That's what you need to be. Yeah, I think this role suits him. But I, I can't see that I saw, like, a lot of... Personally, that I, I saw a lot of potential. You know, prove me wrong, Neil Nitin Mikesh, or maybe listeners out there can tell us what their favorite Neil Nitin Mikesh uh, roles are, um, other than Johnny Goddard. Uh, but this, like, he's like he's good in this. He's well cast, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not going to say that, kind of based on everything else I've seen him in... Um, as well as this, that I think that you know he he really has what it takes to to kind of be a hero to lead. Well, yeah, he, he's not your typical hero, but yeah. as a guy, he's, he's good as a as a noir dope. You are yeah. right about that. And New he's York well too. Ca- again, he's well in cast. New York too. He gets set up by um, Irfan Khan, if I remember mm-hmm. right, to join John Abraham's gang. Like he's great at being a guy who's in over his head. And unfortunately, maybe there aren't enough movies about that. Yeah. What did you think of the uh, direction here? Because I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, I, I had a little bit of fun just trying to figure out kind of references. One that mm-hmm. I thought uh, um, might be a little bit more obscure would be The Long Good Friday. There's mm. a sequence of him driving his car. And it, the lighting and sort of synthy score reminded me a lot of that movie. I don't you know, when, when you talk references like this, it's hard to tell if the director actually intended that unless it's really obvious. Yeah, well, but, but it reminds you of that. It reminded me of that and that sort of tension building. I mean, The Longer Friday is over like one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is over maybe three or four days. But it did a great job of just ratcheting up this guy getting caught. Mm-hmm. We have an episode um, over at Trash on the Movies on The Longer Friday if you're interested. We'll put a link in the show notes. But if you're interested, just watch that movie. It rules. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, there's a... One of the scenes that stood out for me um, was they have to clean up a crime scene really, really quickly. And so the, the camera kind of pans away while they're cleaning. And as it swings around, everything 
you know, is pristine again. Yeah. Uh, and then it shows you where they hit everything. You see behind the couch and there's just a ton of Kleenexes I, and a dead guy. <laughs> I think, I think that shot is genius. Uh, I think it's really, really well done, really well executed. Yeah. Uh, the sequence on the train where he's yeah. trying to track down Shiva and knock him out is mostly quiet. Um, and you see just him, uh, you see Nil Nitin just kind of scoping the place out, trying to draw him out. And there's this great fight scene between the two of them where um, he's drastically overmatched uh, physically yeah. and he's getting the shit kicked out of him. But he's also dosed his, uh, his friend essentially with chloroform. So. His 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 friend is getting slower and slower, and eventually, you know, it comes to a conclusion. I thought that was really well staged. Yeah, Ragman's got a good sense of uh, of style as well as kind of he understands how to build suspense. Mm-hmm. I, I I love this movie. All the all the listeners who recommended it to us, thank you so much. I'm so sorry glad we finally got a, to see it. Yeah, sorry it took us a year to watch it, but you know, it was worth it. All right, anything else to add about Johnny Godard? No, um, I think we can move on to Interval Song. Yes, we are playing Rabta. Yeah. Probably uh, the most well-known song of uh, these two films. So much so, they'd go on to name another movie after it. <laughs> yeah, and also an extremely well-directed sequence. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we'll see you after that. <laughs> We Are Alberta is a podcast with ATB economist Nick Ford. Each episode features real stories of Albertans and their evolution from idea to thriving business. The episodes are an insightful view into fascinating industries you might not know are right in Alberta's backyard. In the third episode, did you know that four farms in southern Alberta represent about 25% of North America's demand for spearmint? Lynn Thacker is a mint and dill farmer in the Bow Island. Without farmers like Lynn in our province, things might smell and taste a little bit differently. Listen to find out more. For more information on the We Are Alberta podcast, go to etb.com slash learn slash podcast. As we discuss, Sri Ram Raghavan pulls inspiration from a variety of pop culture sources from around the world. Most art is not created in a vacuum, as evidenced by Raghavan's films. Contemporary pop culture is constantly in dialogue with both the current moment, the past, and maybe sometimes even the future. One of my favorite shows on the Alberta Podcast Network is about these pop culture connections. In Pop Cycle, Christian Zip and Eric Newby dissect pop culture connective tissue. Episodes cover a breadth of the pop culture landscape and explain how things like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, Meatloaf's I Would Do Anything for Love, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 are connected. You can find Pop Cycle at popcyclepod.com. To find out more about the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, and the member podcasts, go to albertapodcastnetwork.com. So that was Rabta from Agent Vinod. Agent Vinod came out in 2012. It stars Saif Ali Khan and Karina Kapoor, uh, who is now known as Karina Kapoor Khan. Uh, This is the year that they got married. 
Uh, so it also stars Adil Hussein, Ravi Kashan, Prama Chopra, Ram Kapoor, and Zakir Hussein, who was also in Johnny Godar. The name comes from a 1977 film, obviously also titled Agent Renaud, though this is not a remake of that film. This is an original story with original characters. I would like to check out the original, though. Yes. Because it was also on Hotstar. Oh, was it? Yeah. Uh, no, Eros Now. Eros Now. Johnny yeah. Godard was, was on Hotstar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was banned in Pakistan uh, for... Reasons that I think uh, you'll make very clear, Matt, as you describe the plot. I mean, for films that got banned in Pakistan, uh, this seems like kind of an edge case. Mm-hmm. But we'll get there. Yeah, I mean, tell that to the Pakistani censor board. I will tell that to the <laughs> Pakistani censor board. Hey, guys. <laughs> uh, it received mixed reviews, and it unfortunately flopped at the box office. That's too bad. Yeah. From what I can tell, uh, among Raghavan's filmography, this is... This is the, the one that's not like any others. So mm-hmm. uh, even though we haven't seen Ek Hesinathi or Andadun, uh, those are all crime films uh, with kind of noir elements. This, this is a spy action romance comedy. Like it's got, it's got a lot going on. It's basically the movie Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah. And it also feels kind of similar to uh, the later Mission Impossible films. Yeah. Where there's just like, there's a bit of a MacGuffin of like, a terrorist is going to explode a bomb. And this amazing spy needs to like hop all over the world and stop things. And, you know, who the terrorist is and why they're blowing up stuff doesn't really matter so much as all these action set pieces. Mm -hmm. Uh, The soundtrack was composed by Pritam. And the song Rapta, which we played a sample of, is probably at this point what this film is most known for. Uh, it's a very popular song. It's nice, uh, <laughs> especially the version we played. Yeah, there's five versions of it, four of which were on the Agent Vinod soundtrack, um, and then one which is on the Rapta soundtrack. And this is the point where Matt complains that I made him and Shasha Heat go see Rapta. No, that's good. You got it. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I also want to make a mention of the song Steal the Night, uh, I'll Do the Talking, which is very clearly borrowing Boney M's Rasputin. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if they got the rights to do that. I'm sure they didn't. <laughs> but yeah. So, so Pritzam's uh, Bobby will hearing it here a bit. Just a tad. Yeah. All right, Matt, why don't you set up this kind of convoluted plot for us? It's not that convoluted. So, Age of a Node starts with Cypher Lee Khan playing the titular Age of a Node. I don't think we ever find out his first name. And in fact, the beginning credits of the movie uh, indicate that it could be all kinds of names. But it doesn't matter. He gets the job done. He's the and guy you call in when it's when it's do or die. The credits also say Cypher Lee Khan in in and as Agent Vinod. I love in and as. Always good. Always good. Yeah, in and as Agent Vinod. That's how you know you're in for a fun time when the when your lead star is in and as. And there's so <laughs> many movies that are just someone's name yeah. in Hindi films. They should do it all the time. Yeah, Neil Natinikesh should not have been introducing Neil Natinikesh. It should have been Neil Natinikesh in and as Johnny Godar. Yeah, um, but. Uh, we're introduced to uh, Vinod. He's been captured by some terrorists. Maybe that would have helped Neil Natimakesh's, you know, star persona. Maybe. He, if he had gotten it in ads. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of contractual obligations to figure out who gets, like, 
featuring yeah. or and or that sort of thing in the credits. So in and as, I mean, when you're the producer of the movie, like uh, Saif Ali Khan is, you can ask whatever you want, presumably. And I was surprised when uh, when it looked like Karina Kapoor had top billing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Saif Ali named... Name, Saif Ali Khan's name was like not appearing and then it finally showed up at the Boom. end with in and as and I went, ah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> Agent Vinod has been captured by some terrorists. I believe in Afghanistan on something called the the Desert of Death. I think it was Afghanistan. Sure. Um, I'll confirm that. Yeah. Um, but he's there to blow up a kind of weapons factory that these terrorists are using. And he uses some pretty fun psychological techniques to trick the commander into, uh, you know, getting him out of there. We get a good gunfight. He's got a buddy on the inside, too, who they get mad at each other because Vinod almost hangs him out to dry, but it's how he's getting him out of there. Mm -hmm. Uh, They find a a hot girl in a sack. (laughs) They save her, uh, and they uh, run away in a jeep. Um, she comes up later in the plot too, not just some random hot girl. It's, you know, she's integral to the plot. I was, that surprised me and I was really impressed. I was really impressed that like this kind of cold open, which I can confirm is set in Afghanistan, uh, that, that, that ends up kind of coming back into, into the story. Cause you usually kind of like, when you see this sort of thing, it's usually just kind of like, well, it's um, an open stinger in a bond movie. Like there's like a hot chick there. It usually doesn't have any. Um, importance to the plot, but this one actually does. Yeah. yeah. So Vinod coming back uh, to Raw after this successful uh, engagement is told that a um, decommissioned Soviet nuke mm-hmm. is out there in the wild. It's been bought by uh, this person who's trying to shop it around. And it's attached to this uh, expensive copy of the Rubaiyat by Omar Khayyam that's being um, auctioned off in Morocco. Mm -hmm. So Agent Vinod travels to Morocco. Uh, He meets a rich weirdo there who is kind of a Western fan. uh, Mm -hmm. His ringtone is uh, Sergio Leone themed. Mm -hmm. He's got pearl-handled revolvers. Um, and on his staff is a doctor played by Karina Kapoor. Um, he's there pretending to be this flight attendant who's supposed to be transporting some money to the guy. You know, spy stuff, right? See, it's a little, it's a little convoluted. Like I guess, yeah. At some point, I was like, you know what? I'm not here for the plot. It's not that I think it's necessarily hard to follow. I just don't think that it always matters. Yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> what I, matters is the action. I guess we should say that Vinod finds out about this guy by going to Russia, which is where we hear the yeah. Boney M song. And there's a pretty cool uh, fight scene in a uh, club. One of those, yeah. one of those classic Russian clubs that used to be like a Catholic church or something, and then the Soviets turned into a dance uh, yeah. club, yeah. like they did with all the churches. Yeah. Um, but in Morocco, like globe trotting. Yeah, in Morocco, he meets Karina Kapoor who doses him with truth serum. Um, then they go to the auction. And eventually it, it winds up back in Delhi where the uh, group, the bad guys are going to blow up Delhi with this nuke. Yeah. And him and Karina Kapoor have to figure out what to do. And Karina Kapoor is apparently working for Pakistani um, intelligence services, ISI. Um, and so that's what they you didn't like about the film. They didn't like that they teamed up. Uh, they didn't like the way that the Pakistani intelligence agency, ISI, was uh, was portrayed. 
I guess from what I understand, I guess their leader is killed by this uh, <laughs> criminal group kind of off screen. Yeah. So you know, it doesn't make them look like the best organization. I guess maybe yeah. that was it. I don't know. Um, and for a while there, it looks like the ending of this film is going to be uh, the ending of The Dark Knight Rises, um, which itself is clearly an homage to the best Batman film, Batman 66. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Yeah. Uh, but then it kind of reveals itself to be something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fun, globetrotting adventure in the style of James Bond. I don't know what more you want. Yeah, I will say it's hard to watch this film and not compare it to X the Tiger. Yes, it does seem like a dry run for X the Tiger. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have a an Indian spy who falls in love with a Pakistani girl. Um, so it, it shares kind of that DNA, at least narratively. That being said, this is a very different film with I think very different sensibilities it doesn't have a lot of the silly stuff that the tiger goes into it doesn't have the weird uh pen uh UK sort of dance thing it does have a um a fight scene on in this one it's a streetcar whereas Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure in the tiger was maybe a uh, train in the middle of a city but yeah that seems very similar and there's there is some comedy here like especially the end credits dance sequence which is yeah lot, so good like lots of good one-liners he he's good at playing a spy yeah and i mean you know people people know that uh we especially you matt are you know i'm a, down st- I'm with a stan Pelican. i'm a i'm a safe stan yeah uh i i also love him i i think he's fantastic and i i think i think this is a good role for him and i think he's having a lot of fun. I just think, unfortunately, unfortunately, it doesn't always connect. But when it does, man, is it really good. So that that fight sequence that you mentioned in the Russian club is fantastic. He also and tortures it, a guy by making him listen to Russian music. Hilarious <laughs> commentary on Russian music. Uh, and that fight sequence uh, actually reminded us of John Wick, which is like, High, yeah. high praise. You can't get better and, action movie than John Wick. If you're even in the conversation, that's amazing. There's some really effective match cutting in in that scene. And I'm a big fan of well-executed match cuts. Uh, so a match cut, probably the most famous one is... Lawrence in, of Arabia. Lawrence, oh, I was going to say the most famous one is in 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, yeah. So in 2001 Space Odyssey, yeah. the proto-human ape throws a bone up in the air and then the bone magically turns into a space station. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia, uh, Peter O'Toole lights a match and then you it turns to the sun in Arabia. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one too. Uh, one of my all-time favorite directors, Satoshi Kon, uh, kind of built, um, sorry, kind of constructed his style around match cuts. It's really, really amazing. He's an animator. It's just absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's, Anyways. it's just kind of a poetic way of showing... Time or distance or things having things in common. Or just kind of relevance. So in this scene in particular in Agent Vinod, uh, Saif Ali Khan, the Agent Vinod himself, is weaving through the club, beating people up. And as he uh, hits people, it cuts to the dancers on stage kind of doing this floor show to the to the Rasputin song. Um and them doing the same movement. And so it's just like, it's it's almost just providing punctuation. Yeah. Um, it's a fun way. It's to, so good. It's fun and like not particularly expensive to do. Like 
you're filming both of those scenes and you just kind of match them together. It's it's cool. But it's it hard shows, to do. It, yeah, it is hard to do. It shows. Um, it, it takes it takes skill to do that. Now, and here's then, a, I have a question. Oh, for you. okay. Why do we like Cipher Lee Khan better in a cartoonist spy film than we do in a ostensibly realistic spy film, uh, Phantom, which I think is um, very very similar to this story too, except in that like he's avenging India's loss in kind of a revenge fantasy sort of way, whereas this is kind of like a power fantasy. Like, what is it about him that makes that difference? I don't... I don't think his performance in Phantom is bad. I think it's a little self-serious. I think ultimately my issues with Phantom are largely thematic and ethical ones mm-hmm. um and, and and listeners can go back to our episode on kabir khan to, to hear what i think of phantom uh, i had a really hard time with that movie even though it stars uh, you know two of my favorite actors in bollywood mm-hmm. uh yeah but that that is an interesting question i think that film dare i say is trying to be more realistic than this yeah um i think saif ali khan gets to be more of a hero and more of a star here and that film, it's more like he's this vengeful force that, yeah, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I think there's something about him that he's kind of a, a smirker, right? Like, yeah. you kind of, you like being in on the joke with him. And when he tries to be super serious, I don't think I love it. Yeah, which is not to say that I don't like his serious performances. Omkara, for instance, I mean, is Omkara fantastic. I mean, Omkara is amazing. But again, Iago was always sort of a siding to the audience, like, Othello, he's such an asshole, right? Yeah. Well, I'm going to get him right here. Just you watch. But going back to Sacred Games, which you referenced earlier, uh, you know, he he doesn't have that kind of sense of mm-hmm. knowing uh, in, in that in that show at all. And he's, he's his the, the sense of humor in that show is that He's so down on his luck, really, that his bike doesn't work. Yeah. His, his wife left him, and uh, uh, Nawazi and Siddiqui gets all the good ro- the good roles. Yeah, all the fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Saif Ali Khan uh, has incredible range. Uh, I think when you know when he's when he's on, he's he's on, and unfortunately, I think the issues with Phantom aren't necessarily issues with him. Mm. So. Uh, but I was thinking, like, yeah, he did have two kind of globe-trotting movies yeah. where he fights terrorists. Yeah, but one we, of them is trying to be a lot more serious. We could have done a Saif Ali Khan spy episode. You know, we still can. <laughs> sure, we can just... We can, I, we can we edit can, these two parts yeah, together. we can edit these two parts together. If yeah. we ever, uh, if we ever are yeah. strapped for releasing an episode... We yeah, future people, if this is melded together with <laughs> Phantom and maybe some other future spy movie that he's in, you'll know that we've entirely lo- like run out of ideas. <laughs> yeah, we've just... Uh, okay, but <laughs> probably the most impressive impressive sequence in this film is the Ravta sequence. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that, Matt? Sure. So I'm not entirely sure if this was done without cheating, but what happens in the Ravta scene is uh, Khan and Kapoor, they are in a sort of sleazy motel. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those movies where a silencer on a gun is basically like magic (laughs) because He's kind of running around room by room, taking out various gunmen with a twink mm-hmm. of his gun. And it eventually erupts into a full, uh, like, shootout in this room. 
and you know Kapoor is ducking out with him too. But it appears to be one long take. And either they filmed it where, uh, like, it was one take and all the different actors just knew their uh, parts to the minute, to the second. Mm-hmm. Or they were able to kind of cheat with, like, you know, looking using a corner to be a wipe or something. It doesn't matter, though. It's, in- it's cool. It's incredibly impressive. And it's kind of an extension of that scene that I was talking about in Jenny Godard that I found really impressive. Um, where here, as as the as the song Ravta is playing... Um, Notably by a blind pianist. A blind pianist who doesn't know what's happening because the silencers are so silent that she can't hear people getting shot. Do you know uh, the kind of character that Ayush Mankarana is playing in... Oh, a blind pianist. Yeah, I'm aware. In a movie that, you know, again, we can't see. (laughs) Oh, the irony! Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so it's it's a blind pianist, um, and she's playing and singing the song Rapta, which is, like, melodic... Yeah. Um, and really, really, really lovely. And as the camera's panning around, um, the violence starts to erupt. And characters who we saw earlier uh, are revealed to be, you know, like packing. It's basically every <laughs> single person in this motel is trying to kill them. Even, and I called it, the woman with the baby carriage. Like she's mean, just got an Uzi or something like in there. Why we knew is it. a woman with a baby carriage at this? It's a sleazy, scene, yeah, sleazy it's, motel. It, and you just know because you don't see the baby in the baby carriage until the camera moves around. Anyway, yeah. It's. It was it's, cool. It's so, so good. I'll see if it's online to put it. It is on notes. YouTube. I had actually okay, seen perfect. the scene before because I was looking for the Rob to song for something. Uh, okay. And I saw like, oh, this is cool. So I knew going in that there was a cool like uh, action scene. Yeah, yeah. And we had been alerted to it online uh, on Twitter by Kimberly Tully. There's also... It was well worth the wait. Yeah. Because uh, it happens pretty late in the film. Yes. And the movie also uh, ends with a teaser for more Agent Vinod adventures to come. He's going to track down a uh, group of, um, you know, bad rich guys who are trying to start wars for profit. And unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen, but I would have liked to see it. I, is it unfortunate? I Okay, so I, I did really enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I... But it's a fun popcorn flick. It's a fun popcorn flick. But that being said, compared to the other two films I've seen from Ragvan... I don't. Oh, the, yeah, oh, two. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if this mode is his most um, rich. Sorry. Yeah, I would say I, as a star vehicle for Khan, it would be fun. I don't know if this mode is his most successful. I, if I, I mean, if I had to rank these three films, this I think is the lesser work. Sure, but don't think of it as a uh, Raghavan picture. Think of it as a Cypher Lee Khan vehicle. You know, I, I could see a bunch more of these. It's fun. Yeah, that would be fun, but I would rather... Just the same way that Salman Khan is doing the Act of Tiger movies, you could do another Age of a Note. I would rather Saif Ali Khan return to Race. <laughs> oh, yes. That being said, we still haven't seen Race 3. I hear it's terrible. Let's forget it ever happened. And Saif Ali Khan, please make Race 3. Race 3, the good version. I'm still holding out for when we, <laughs> we actually watch it. we got to come back to the race. I, I'm holding out for when we watch <laughs> it. Uh, eventually, Salman pulls a mask off and he's been Saif Ali Khan the whole time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that doesn't happen, but if it does, I will be hooting and hollering. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I do. I do think this is a fun movie with some some really impressive set pieces. And it's not fun in the way that Chevet is fun, where no. it has good action <laughs> but is also stupid. Like this is just you know a classic globe trotting spy movie done well. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think there is a lot of 
downtime kind of between some of the set pieces. Mm. I don't think the the plotting is as tight as it could be. Um, so like, well, ultimately I think, you know, the, the positive stuff for me with the negative and I fully admit that uh, because I already have an attachment and an interest to Saifali Khan, that there is a bias here. And Karina Kapoor. And Karina Kapoor. And Shireen Raghavan. There, there's, there's definitely a bias that I'm bringing to this film because it's just, you know, it is fun to see, you know, the the actors and actresses that you that you like um, getting to play in a playground like it this. It seems like they're having a good time. But I can't say I'm disappointed that there isn't going to be a sequel. I I think it would be fun. I don't know. What do you think of Karina Kapoor's performance? I, I she's fine. Her <laughs> she's last not, scene is a bit much. Yeah, I mean, she's not really asked to do that much. Um, yeah. No, nowhere near as much as say um, Katrina Kaif in the Tiger movies, especially yeah. the second one. She's in action badass in this one. In, in this one, she in uh, Karina Kapoor. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah, I I do like the scene where uh, she and the um, the girl from the the opener who who returns, uh, you know, put on a bit of a performance to distract the bad guys. I think that's a lot of fun. But if you want to see these two together, I personally prefer Kurban, mm-hmm. uh, though they both are in Ankara. Yeah, yeah, which I mean is probably, um, I mean, still. Sacred Games aside, Omkara is still my favorite Saifali Khan film. Oh, yeah. It's and brilliant. potentially my favorite Karina Kapoor film. Yeah. Maybe not my favorite performance of hers, because obviously it's Pooh. Or, or the Doctor in Punjab. She's great, too. Oh, yeah. She's so good. Yeah. God, I, I mean, we should do an episode on her at some point. And an episode on Saifali Khan. All right. Do we have anything else to add about Agent Fanov, Johnny Godot, or Raghavan? No. Check out all of his movies, I'd say. Yeah. And we will be watching Akasinati uh, at some point and finding a way to incorporate it into an episode, provided that the disc does arrive and has subtitles. So, you know, like, we've ordered discs that have not arrived before. Yeah. Uh, and also, we are looking forward to seeing Andadun uh, as soon as it shows up on streaming. Yeah. So that brings us to the end of this episode. We will be back in two weeks. Uh, It's our last episode of 2018, and we're going to be looking at films that uh, celebrate Christmas and New Year's. In as much as they do. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they're... There are not a lot of Hindi Christmas movies. For understandable reasons. Yes. <laughs> but things taking place at the end of the year in sort of a festive way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, what we're looking for. And also, what movies are they? Because they don't sound particularly festive. <laughs> and unfortunately, we already talked about uh, Happy New Year. Yeah. Yeah. So Happy New Year will not be one of them. I mean, I would watch uh, it again. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I, as I'm sure listeners are painfully aware, because we mentioned a lot, we are Canadian and we're white. So, you know, our families celebrate Christmas. I think this will be fun. I hate Christmas. I so any, will... anytime I could just watch movies instead of <laughs> attending Christmas events, perfectly fine by me. And obviously, you know, um, there are many um, people of Christian faith in India yes. who do celebrate Christmas. So I think this will be interesting. Maybe at some point we'll do... Um, you know, movies that celebrate Eid and movies that celebrate Holy, but you know, mm-hmm. it's the end of the year. We celebrate Christmas. We're going to be looking at some movies that that incorporate Christmas as a 
as a time of the year. Yeah. That that are set the holiday at, season at, during the holiday season. Yes. Uh, and what are they? Uh, well, people are going to have to wait to find out. <laughs> because we're still nailing down the movies. Yeah. Yeah. We don't always tease the titles, just the theme. It's true. Oh, God. You're it's, putting me on the spot. It's the end of the year. It's the end we, of the episode. We have at least three. We get really, really busy this time of year because of the holidays, so we'll see if we watch three or if we watch two. Yeah. That's why I'm not promising. We're, we're loose. <laughs> you know, it's, it's as time you, for relaxing As you time. frequently say, our podcast are rules. Yeah. All right, Matt. How can people keep up with the show? Well, you can check us out on Tumblr. This Bollywood is so is... professional. Yes. Uh, Bollywoodisforlovers.tumblr.com. You can find us at BollywoodPod on Twitter. I'm at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. I'm at Ernie Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. You can like our page on Facebook, facebook.com slash BollywoodisforLovers. You can also find selected episodes of this show on G Radio. If you're a fan of the show, Please consider leaving us a star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We will read them out on air and give you biffle points. You can get biffle points. Maybe at some point you can redeem for something. You'll get. I have ideas. You better get the biffle points. They're going to be tough to come by. Oh. Yeah. They're pretty rare. I think I think I might have been a little bit hasty in giving three out to each of those students. (laughs) But we'll see. <laughs> well, we'll see if they ever contact us to redeem. We're starting uh, our own cryptocurrency, folks. <laughs> it's real. Biffle coins. Anyways. Uh, well, you're over at Apple Podcasts. You can listen to the show that I do weekly with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Art and the Movies. Uh, we have an episode coming up on Jane Campion, and we just released one oh, on um, hairstylist movies. So we discussed uh, Barbershop and Shampoo. I love barbershop. It's really fun. Shampoo? Meh. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Matt? No. <laughs> That's all I got. We're tired, folks. Oh, my God. Uh, thank you to the five people still listening who haven't moved on to the next podcast. I would have moved on to the next podcast in my queue. No, there's some good shit here at the end. You got you to gotta listen all the way through. If you say so. Yeah. Anyway, bye. <laughs> <laughs>